0: Hello, welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm Casey Rossi, your transformative business coach. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Jessica Witherow. She is a licensed massage therapist, and she recently took a trip all the way to Thailand and got certified in Thai massage. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I know that she's got lots of goodies to share with us. Welcome, Jessica.
1: Thanks so much, Casey. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into your business world. So I think... People are really complex, and there
1: is a lot of layers to each person. So Mm -hmm. I'm a wife, a mother, a third-generation Naples girl. I'm a tree hugger. (laughs) I am a good hugger of people. Um, I'm an artist, and I'm a licensed massage therapist.
0: Wow, that's that's cool. And I know that you're a good hugger. I can totally attest to that. In person, in real life, you give the best hugs. They're so warm and genuine, which is just totally a parallel of who you are in general as a person. So I think that's fantastic. Um, no, absolutely, I mean it. I have been a client of yours, so I can completely attest, I think that anybody who has an opportunity to work with you, I was gonna say be on your table, but Thai Massage doesn't use a table, but work with you. And you have such an innate natural ability one to be an amazing listener which i think in today's world with all the different stimuluses is a really really rare commodity so one there's a tremendous amount of healing that happens in your listening skills. And yeah. also, you're so dedicated to anatomy. I have had a lot of massage and treatments. I'm kind of a self care junkie. Mm-hmm. And one of the things right off the bat that I noticed when I came to you is your dedication to anatomy. I mean, you literally had pages written about me because I came to for one of my ankle injuries and right. I was so impressed I was like oh my god she actually prepped for this like yeah. not just changed the sheets on the table but she like literally looked stuff off and, and like wrote notes and wanted to make sure yeah. that this and that and the other thing can you talk a little bit about your work and what drew you to the science of massage and what kind of brings that integrity of the behind the scenes anatomy into your work
1: I have always been fascinated with the body. I mean, from being in young age in athletics, so just like the physical output that the body is capable of. Mm -hmm. And even uh, on the swim team, we would do massage lines and I, it was always a joke that people would race to sit in front of me. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, back as a teenager, but that has, that stuck with me. I went to art school. And while I was in art school, everything I did focused on the body and the figure and the form, um, the movement of that. And it's just been a fascination of mine. When I hit 30, I went through a personal transformation. And it was really important to me mm. to balance that with good nutrition and exercise and to get to know what the body needs when you're trying to come out of a state of being unhealthy and get into the state of healthiness. Mm. And, um, that really I feel like massage had been in my mind for quite some time but I'd spent a good portion of my 20s starting my family getting married and having kids um so when the kids were that school age and getting a little more independence that's when I was like it's time it's time to go back for something that I feel really passionate about something that's important to me so Mm -hmm. that my future is full of something that um is meaningful and I, that's how, what brought me to FLCC for the massage program there, which is a fantastic program. And I think going into that in my thirties allowed me that focus to really dive into the education piece and the anatomy the physiology. I tutored anatomy and physiology and kinesiology and biology, and Mm -hmm. it just completely took over my life for a few years. But that in-depth experience
0: just has shaped the way I practice. So I can totally see that. I can 100% see that. And so if you could reverse just back a little bit, because I'm very curious if you could be a little vulnerable and share the transformation that happened when you were 30 or in your 30s that kind of molded um, the new Jessica, could you share a little bit about what that was for you? Absolutely. So
1: after having kids and between having children and experimenting with different birth controls when I was younger, I'm in my 20s, and I just feel like I went through this phase where I got out of tune with my body. I was no longer the athlete that I identified with, and I had put on a lot of weight. So I needed to, for me, just... I hit 30 and it was that realization that if I don't do something now, it's just going to keep getting harder. So I was home with the kids and they would go down for nap time and I'd get on the treadmill and I would start really slow because at that time I wasn't an athlete anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was, it started with just walking and then it became running. And the other piece of that was to balance it with a lot of research into nutrition. Um, I bought a juicer. And I started going on uh, learning a little bit about juice fasts. So I would do a juice fast um, and then I would come slowly come off the juice fast, but stay mostly with fruits and vegetables in my diet and then would increase my running and exercise. And I would do that kind of in a cycle where Mm. I would do a juice fast. And then once I came off the fast, I would increase my exercise level and increase my mileage that I was running and I started setting uh, races on the calendar so that I have something to look forward to. Smart. So it was really that balance of you know, there's there's no quick fix for that type of transformation.
0: There really isn't. What kept you motivated? Because it's no easy um, kind of road. I mean, one, to kind of wake up at any age, you know, and go, huh, who am I? Like, this doesn't feel comfortable anymore. I'm not clicking, I'm, I'm, I'm detached, or whatever was running through your head. But um, I'm very curious, like, what kind of <clears throat> kept you motivated? It sounds like, you know, you just had a lot of determination, but. Do you have any advice for people that may be feeling that right now? And then they're just kind of like, it's so much easier said than done. Like, did you have something that kept pulling you through and pulling you through to the next little milestone? Feeling better. It was
1: this constant milestone of feeling better about myself, Mm -hmm. Um, the weight loss, but also the ability to go farther and farther without being exhausted and being able to stretch and find that I could regain that range of motion. And truly it was that it, you Mm. you see the transformation in people when they're really working hard in it. And what you as an outside observer can take on is somebody's physical shape. But for me, it was more of an inside change. Um, It was how I felt about myself and wanting to keep going with that. And that whole process helped me build the confidence that I needed to go back to school, to change my life, to, to take on the next big chapters. So I needed to start on an internal level before it was kind of that mind-body-soul process, and I started with the body. Um, wow,
0: that's so cool, I love that. Do you find that once you start transforming in one area, that it's almost like a ripple effect in other layers of our life? Yeah,
1: that, and that's just what it was for me. It started with the body, then it went to the mind, And I feel more recently that I still have those things happening, but it's also developed farther into more of that mind, body, soul, that spiritual part, which has just been a very Mm -hmm. interesting ripple effect, like you said, that one focus leads to the next, which leads to the next. And I love that. This motivation for me is to keep seeing what's that next piece.
0: It's the best motivation because we take ourselves with us wherever we go. And I think when you start to feel better, all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, it's nectar. You know, all of a sudden, you know, maybe something that was sweet externally doesn't compare now to that sweetness that you're feeling with not having joint pain or actually feeling more comfortable in your body. So I think that's fantastic. I would also love if you could share a little bit about your recent trip to Thailand because that spiritual layer, I was uh, lucky enough to see so many of your beautiful pictures that you shared on your trip, and it looked so steeped in spirituality and richness. I would love it if you could speak a little bit of that experience.
1: So for me, I really wanted to go, I, it started, the seed was planted about three years ago for me, and it was uh, a professor of mine who actually led the trip who said to me at one point, you'd be great at Thai massage, and that planted the seed. So then it was, well, what's Thailand all about? I didn't, you know, what's next there? What, what's that like? And so it started with this idea of traveling because I traveled quite a bit when I was younger, but hadn't been since I had kids outside Mm. the country. So it got me really excited just to get moving again and get out there. But that developed over the last few years into not just what's in Thailand for school, but also what is in Thailand that's special that I can bring back with me that's going to affect my life.
0: Mm. I love that you think that way. That's so cool. It's, it's just taking it that next level. It's it's amazing. So what did you find? So
1: it, the most amazing thing was being in a country that is 90% Theravada Buddhism, which is not something that you can find in the U.S. or even in mm-hmm. Europe. You really have to go that far to find a place that is concentrated in a completely different religion. Um, so for me, I was really fascinated by that. Spirituality. Um, so every chance I had to get to a temple, I went. Every chance I had to sit down and meditate with the monk, I took it. Um, I wanted that depth, and I didn't want to leave any stone unturned while I was there. Um, so I had some incredibly deep seated experiences. Wow. Um, and coming from a Christian background, one of the conversations I had with the monk there was that the beauty of Buddhism is that there are Buddhist Christians and there are Buddhist Catholics um, because Buddhism doesn't judge any of the other religions. So it's really about mindfulness and about Mm. being aware in your body and using that, trying to attain mindfulness to control your mind so that your mind can control your body. Yes. They use it for health, for spirituality, for, um, morality and Hmm. it's a really incredibly beautiful and peaceful culture so
0: how long did it take for you to kind of acclimate to such a new culture coming from you know busy life in new york to that kind of experience
1: well we were fortunate to start our trip with four days in cambodia and then 20 days in thailand So, we didn't go straight to school. We spent some time kind of adjusting, and Cambodia is also uh, primarily Buddhism and Hinduism. So, we got into that culture and then transitioned to Thailand. Um, I would say the first couple, the first day or so was just a little bit of a culture shock, but truly the biggest culture shock was coming back to the US from that culture. Oh, I bet that was the harder transition. Wow. It was kind of easy to slip into the don't worry, be happy <laughs> um you know their schedules are different. It's not quite as strict. It's far more go with the flow um and hmm. for me that resonated deeply. So it was it was almost harder to come back to our way of life than it was to integrate into theirs.
0: It reminds me of my trip to Jamaica. It's very, very similar. The don't worry, be happy, the Island life, you know, giant smiles and so much respect. And, you know, when I first went from New York to Jamaica, it was like, where's the food? We ordered like an hour and a half ago, you know, like, because to them, like dining is super relaxing and it's a way to like commune with your family and your friends. And it's this very slow process. This is like two, two and a half hours. And that was very, very different from here. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know that whole feeling of that, like low and slow and kind of just chilled out vibe. And it's sometimes yeah. a massive contrast from our home life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and
1: I'm absolutely guilty of being the one that stands and eats breakfast at the countertop um, while the kids are at the table. You know, and it's that we live in a very multi task culture where it's like trying to get a million things done all at once. So I found everything from the dining to socialization, just to walking down the street, it's very much um, mindfulness and being mm-hmm. in the present moment and not multitasking, not trying to get as much done as you can, but to appreciate everything that you're doing in the moment. Um, That's
0: really, really a great tip. And I would love it if you could talk a little bit because you're a solopreneur, right? So in that way, like everything is really your responsibility, like to keep everything humming and just a really balanced way. And you're also a mom and a wife, like you talked about. What are some of the things that you do to stay balanced and also to prevent burnout?
1: So self-care is I don't just advocate self-care to my clients, but it's become a huge part of my own personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a solopreneur, the biggest challenge for me has been learning about the business part of that. I spent three years learning to be a massage therapist and it's a lifelong process and it's my passion. The business aspect, Is more of a challenge for me. So it's that digital age and advertising. I love the communication piece of my business, but it takes a lot of time. What keeps me sane though is booking my weekly massage, making sure I have chiropractic care, acupuncture when I'm sick, especially. Um, Meditation has become a huge part of my life, yoga, and just making sure I've got time to be with my family. That's been an, another big step is that professional boundaries, so that my family feels like they're just as important as my clients.
0: Wow, that's so important. And I think that that piece. To fully be there and to be present with your loved ones mm-hmm. without your cell phone at arm's reach, you know, <laughs> without jumping to all of the stimuluses of the the beeps and the buzzes, and that can be really wow. challenging because I know so many solopreneurs, you know, especially when they're in the process of that building, you know, so many times we're like, okay, I have to respond lickety split, you know, and that person needs an answer. And so how do you kind of balance that out of like needing to kind of be there and be on and be alert and also just saying, Hey, here, here is a boundary. Like, how do you kind of like make that boundary stick? Well, it's a work in progress. (laughs) No doubt.
1: (laughs) With that said, um, so My primary way for people to get in touch with me is through my phone. Um, And I take time in the morning, in the middle of the day, and in the evening to check on my messages, make sure I'm up to date. But, you know, the part of my business is to be working one-on-one with my clients. So that's that's the heart of the business. That means the phone is on silent. The phone is put either in the other room completely or on do not disturb, so I'm spending this chunk of time really focused on the person that's in front of me, which is help my own personal mindfulness and for my business. So when somebody calls me, they're almost guaranteed to get my voicemail. Mm-hmm. But it's important to me to reach back to someone within a 24-hour to 48-at-most time frame mm-hmm. based on what's going on. I want to be able to get back to people quickly um, and you know, so that they don't feel ignored or put off. Each contact is important to me.
0: Mm-hmm. but And that totally shows. I mean, I have to say like one that's really, it's you feel it as a client coming into your space that this is your time. You know, you're not like distracted and cashing someone else out and then looking at your text messages and being like, I'll be right with you. I mean, really from the minute you walk into your space, I know from my experience, I'm greeted with a fresh, you know, bottle of water, you know, that you have not just grabbed Poland Springs from BJ's, you've literally (laughs) taken like fresh water and infused it with like chunky slices of ginger or cranberries and a stainless steel straw. Everything that you do has mindfulness and you see that throughout everything. So, and also the follow-up afterwards, which honestly, again, very, very few practitioners in any healing modality have I ever had a follow-up of how are you feeling? How was the treatment? What's going on for you today? And so those touch points, especially because massage is all about touch and communication is all about touch points, it really makes a difference to the client on the other end. I love to hear you
1: say that. It's something that I focused a lot on being able to run my own business. So it, it took quite a lot of bravery to jump out of school and straight into my own practice. But I just decided there were things that I wanted to do that I wasn't going to be able to offer people if I was mm-hmm. someone's employee. So like you said, when somebody walks in, I greet them with a glass bottle with water infused with ginger and lemon and lime and in the winter you got cranberries (laughs) yes i did (laughs) for me the the importance there is that it's there's layers there's hydration which is really really important a lot of people walk in my door in in some form of dehydration which i feel in their tissues so i want to get that started um the ginger is that nutrition piece the lemon and the lime it's a mild anti-inflammatory so it pairs Mm -hmm. beautifully with massage so it's It's thought out. And, you know, like you said, it's it's in a bottle that I wash every day and with the reusable straw and the caps, there's no waste with it either. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: really cool. I mean it just it's just another layer of like walking your talk and you feel that and it makes people just so curious of like how I mean I know it did for me. I was like, Oh, I really love that kind of style. How can I bring that piece? back in my world, I really, that's a really great thing. Like I've never owned stainless steel straws before. I'm, I like that. You know, it's just really sweet. Like it's just really nice touches. And so when you talked about that crossroads of coming from massage school and really having to sit with yourself and say, okay, well, here's the path that I can be someone employee in someone else's employee
1: yeah. and
0: and that's perfectly fine. And then, yeah what would I gain from this path and what would I lose from this path? And then you looked at this other side in the fork of the road and thought, okay, what would I gain from being my own business owner? And what would be some of the struggles in this path? So two questions here. One, um, was that a difficult decision for you? Um,
1: So it was a little scary to go out on my own and say, you know, it's just me. But at the same time, I was nurtured by our community. The Naples community is an incredibly nurturing valley of wonderful people. And I felt uh, very strongly supported in in moving into that. Um, Also a ton of support from my family and from some of my educators at school that kind of gave me the confidence that I could do it. So Mm -hmm. I took it off in little steps. I gave myself a deadline. I said, you know, I can always go and apply at a spa. That is something that at any time I can do. And it's not a failure. It's an honor to work at these really incredible establishments where somebody Mm -hmm. else had a dream and they built something beautiful and amazing. Um, So I gave myself till January, from October to January. If I felt like I was booking clients and that I was seeing an increase and a steady pickup in the business itself, then I would keep doing that. Mm. If I felt like I really wasn't able to, um, if I wasn't cutting it and I wasn't getting the clients in the door, then what was the harm in going out and going through the application and the interview process at that time? Mm. That's awesome. That's amazing. Right off of me. (laughs) I just felt, you know, if I just give myself a few months to see it's just a grand experiment and that's all life is. It's one experiment to the next. And I allowed myself to be the experiment. Um, So it was scary, but um, it just kept working. And that felt like this is getting better. And then the next step got better. And, um, and now I feel confident that I can just keep going and keep building. I think that's
0: remarkable that one, you were brave enough to say, this is a grand experiment, you know, and um, there's no failure in the outcome. I'm just going to kind of ride this wave. And you were gentle with yourself to give your your whole kind of newness space, but also a little rigid to have a boundary. I would like to see results by this month. So I think that's a great balance and a really good point for someone that's starting out, someone that's new, maybe has some apprehension, which is totally, totally normal. And then being free and easy with themselves. Like it's not going to go from zero to instant success, fully booked life cakewalk, you know? So I really, really like that strategy that you did for yourself. And I'm wondering on that road of being on the solopreneur journey, uh, I would love it if you could share one of your struggles because we all have them. It would be great if you could share what was kind of a stumbling block for you along the way, either in the beginning or even more recent. And how did you move through that? So again, I think my biggest stumbling
1: blocks tend to be not my practice, not my physical practice, but more the business piece of it. Um, Trying to do the accounting and do the advertising. Um, I'm a confident person in my practice, but I'm also a modest person. So advertising has been really challenging for me at times. Mm -hmm. Feeling like you want to present yourself as um, an expert in your field and then feeling like well, I'm just in my first year of practice. How can I consider myself an expert? Um, So Mm. honestly, that's been a bit of a challenge. But again, it's about that positive self-image and being forgiving and patient with yourself. Um, For sure. pieces have been the challenge, but I've just tried to be incredibly forgiving and patient and know that it's going to work out and it's going to come together. And I have to carve out time to focus on that. So being an independent business has been the challenge. Becoming that
0: yes, is
1: the challenge. And it's, it's continual. I'm still learning constantly. And I set these goals for myself. And I've got short-term goals and long-term goals. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just getting through the short-term goals seems like a challenge. Um, no, you no. Know, like assessing my last quarter and making sure I'm on track to reach my long-term goals. Um, so, you know, And I- kudos
0: to you to even have that kind of um, distinction between short-term and long-term because I think it's very, very common when you're brand new or something is feeling like a struggle, whether it's accounting or in the business world, to just kind of go with the flow to throw your receipts in a shoebox and kind of hope for the best come January when you just have to force yourself to organize it. So that's amazing that you actually have the dedication to say, you know what, I'm going to set some of these goals. I'm going to check myself, you know, and then actually kind of analyze, okay, if I didn't hit my benchmark, what do I need to do to get there? Because I have this long goal for a reason, long-term goal for a reason. So I think that, yeah, that's, that's very cool. And I think it's also extremely common, especially for creatives, for people that have like spirituality as one of their life core kind of principles and for healers to be modest on the side of advertising. So you're absolutely not alone there because, you know, there's that mindset of like, how can I be spiritual and heal? And then also kind of make money and say, I'm awesome. You know, so it's, and of course there's a balance, you know, and I think I think sometimes it's easier to have others speak on our behalf when we're very new to recognizing ourselves as the expert in our field. I know that I looked at your testimonials on your Facebook page, and so when whenever you have any self-doubt, all you need to do is go back and read those testimonials because people really can pick up on your greatest gifts that sometimes we're not even aware of as our own self, so I think that's a really valid point that, that you brought up and it's an ongoing thing. I mean, I think we can have times where like, yeah, that feels great. And then another thing where it's just like, Oh, geez, you know, I, I don't really want to do that. So it, it is kind a thing.
1: <laughs> and we've had that conversation before. Like I, I've watched some of the things you've done with other people that you've worked with. I'm like, wow, look at their business. Look what they're doing. It's so incredible. That's so powerful. How mm-hmm. am I going to pull that together? But I just, I step back and say, you know what, for me, I'm really fortunate because I do what I love. And when things feel overwhelming or kind of scary, all I have to do is look at my client book and see who I'm saying next and get back into that moment and know that all I have to do is focus on that one person at a Mm
0: -hmm. time. I like that. That's a great tip. That's a great tip for people. So I would love it if you could expand on that because it sounds like there's something really juicy under there. I mean, one, it really kind of falls in the place of mindfulness, but two, it's kind of focusing on the outcome of the person that you're serving. So can you talk a little bit about how service keeps you motivated and keeps you inspired on a daily basis?
1: Absolutely. My biggest inspiration is that that face, that you get from a, a happy person who's super relaxed and just got off the massage table and they walk out of the room and they've just got that that post massage glow. That <laughs> you know, that face right there is my favorite face in the world. And for me to make that happen, it's it is that focus, that mindfulness. If somebody's coming in with an injury, an illness, or a goal that they're trying to attain in their own body. Um, I want to know what people are trying to see me for. What are we working on? And then if somebody is coming in with an injury or an illness, there's that research piece. My education was fantastic, but it's important to dive into things specifically as they come onto your plate. So helping someone with carpal tunnel or a sprained ankle, Mm. or getting over, um, having a surgery a few months ago and needing to get through their atrophy process and get their range of motion back, Um, sciatic nerve issues, all the, anything that would bring somebody in the door, I wanna make sure that I feel confident that I'm helping them the best way that they can. Mm -hmm. So there's the preparation piece before I see a client. And then there's that one-on-one attention while they're here either on the mat or on the table. Um, And then there's the follow-up piece afterwards, like you said, that um, I wanna know how that treatment worked on someone's body. I do the text message follow-ups 24 to 48 hours with all of my clients, even the ones that I see on a very regular basis, just to check in. Is there anything I need to add to the notes that I took for our session?
0: Um, It's so true. I mean, you even asked me to send you a picture of my ankle. You know, how does your ankle look today? And I was like, wow, okay. And it made me feel so loved. I was like, she really cares. You know, it's not just about the time I was there in her office. Like, she really cares. Like, what's your inflammation status today? So that was so cool. Like the other thing that I really appreciate, um, and I think you know, any good practitioner, whether you're a coach, whether you're a, a healer, is empowering the person to take responsibility for their own well-being. And that was another thing that, like, you sent me home with with pictures, like. Here's a couple of pictures of like all the different tendons that are crossing over in your ankle area. And here's a few things that you can do for your own self um, to help the healing process. So I love that empowerment piece. I think that's really, really crucial when we make our client the hero, you know, the hero in their own well-being story.
1: Absolutely. It's teamwork. I, there's no time that somebody walks to my door and I think that... It's what I'm going to do to them. It's about what we're going to do together. Hmm. It's about creating a healing space because the body has an amazing ability to heal itself. So you need to just come in the door and know that there's this sacred space of healing that's set up and it's ready for you. And it's something that we're going to use so that your body can heal itself.
0: Um, I have got to book an appointment. It's making me want a <laughs> massage right away. And I definitely want to try your Thai massage. I would love it if you could share two things. One, what is exciting? I kind of already let the cat out of the bag. But yeah. what is really exciting coming up for you that people can look forward to? And how can people best connect with you?
1: So... I'm on Facebook and that is going to be the best way to get in touch with me through my website, through my phone number. Everything's linked there. Um, So my Facebook page is just Jessica Witherell, licensed massage therapist. Um, And that had, like I said, it has a link to the website and my contact information. High massage is something that I am really, really passionate about. And it's something that I am just learning every single session about what works and why you would use it. And we were taught over a hundred different things to use in our tool belt for time massage. So we're, I have to create an individualized session each time for what that person needs. So what I did for time massage to introduce this to my clients was to set up a package deal for people that has been going quite well. So Thai massage takes more time than regular table work. There's a lot of stretching. There's energy work that's involved. So you work in these energy lines, the Thai people call them Zen lines. Oh. Many of the Zen lines match up with the meridian lines, which people are more familiar with through acupuncture and Shiatsu and traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a process and I've set up a 90 minute and then two hour sessions for Thai massage. I'm not, really interested in working in shorter periods than that, because I feel like for me, my personal capabilities, you're not going to get the best of what I have to offer you sure. in any shorter than that. But two hours seems like a long time for people who are used to getting an hour massage. So yes. to encourage people to give that a try, um, and because I'm fresh, learn like right back from Thailand, and it's a fresh skill for me, um, I created a package of three two-hour Thai Massage sessions at the cost of the 90-minute session. Nice. So it helps people get introduced to what it's like to get that longer session, um, and it saves them $105 to buy it in the package that way.
0: Oh, that's um, so nice. I'm so glad that you did that. I mean, and I have had Thai Massage. I think it's one of my favorite yeah. types of treatment. I always feel very refreshed. And I feel like each of my tissues got this like surge of fresh blood flow and circulation and yeah. lymph drainage. And, you know, it's very, very different from like a Swedish. So I yeah. highly encourage it.
1: It is, it's very different. It's done on the mat, on the floor. So it's not, it, although there are a lot of things that can translate to the table. So some of my regular um, table clients are noticing some differences and some new things in the table as well. But ties is a, is a system. Um, it's very different in the table work that you're not honing into a knot or an area of dysfunction. You're working with the whole body, um, both physically and energetically. And it's an exchange. So um, it is very different and it's very rejuvenating. People tend to feel much more loose and relaxed afterwards with increased range of motion. Um, And I'm hearing a lot of lightness of heart as well so that's a really interesting side effect and feedback that Mm -hmm. I'm getting from my clients
0: I can totally attest to that I sit a lot because I do a lot of computer work and after I have a a tie treatment I realize like there's so much more freedom in my shoulders in my hip region you know the range of motion is completely different and I don't really consciously know that I'm holding stress it's just like this is what I do I sit in front of the computer my posture is probably not 100% a-okay but something releases through yeah. the Thai um, system, I guess, like you said, like through that system. And some of it's kind of uncomfortable when you're going through it, but after 100%, I always feel like literally like I have a whole transfusion of freshness flowing through my yeah. body. <laughs> yeah.
1: Some of those, some of the stretches and the pressure points can push people's boundaries a bit. Um, in Thailand, I received body work very regularly and i can tell you one massage in particular pushed my threshold for flexibility and my pain threshold within a massage session unlike anything has in an incredibly long time wow i came away with bruises but one of the things and it's not that's not really what my goal is to practice that way mm-hmm. but i did notice when she would move off an area in the absence of pain, I would have this glowing sensation. Mm. And um, within a couple of days, I noticed a huge difference in the range of motion in my shoulders. And despite the fact that I do yoga and I do stretch and I, I take care of my body, it she affected great change in my body. It was incredible.
0: It so, accesses uh, parts of yourself that you really didn't even know were dormant.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like you said, there's parts that aren't necessarily comfortable in the moment that they create this change in your body. And I feel like that's true for any kind of change. It's like in life, that true change isn't always comfortable. But it's important for us to give over to that because it's part of the process.
0: You read my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking as well, is like anytime we're going through something, it's a little crunchy, it's a little overwhelming. We have to breathe through it. And on the other side, we're really gifted and rewarded. So I love it. I think that we will pause on that note, but I will I would love if you could share just a final piece of bright light wisdom with our listeners today.
1: So I would really like to read you a quote of something that's resonated deeply with me. When I decided I was starting my own business, I read a book um, by Lawrence Bolt, who wrote the book Zen and the art of making a living. So he writes in there to paint the masterpiece of your life. You need more than forms and systems. You need heroic commitment to your best self born in your heart, tempered by your head, shaped by your hands, and walked with your own two feet. Your life's work is your special gift to mankind. So that shaped my vision for my future, and it resonates with me deeply, and that's what Um, I like to share.
0: Thank you so much. I really feel like I could have that typewritten out and posted on the wall for a daily, daily dose of inspiration. That was beautiful.
1: I agree. And it's, um, that's why I wanted to redo that quote because no,
0: it's fascinating. Thank you so much. I loved our time together. This is just such an enlightening uh, conversation, and I know that we can go deeper and deeper because it's just that fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: I agree. Casey, you are so easy to talk to. <laughs>
0: uh, well, thank you so much for your time. I wish you big success. I don't think you need it because, girl, you've got the gift, you've got the skill, you've got the dedication, and you've got the heart. So all of that just makes a perfect package, and anybody really would be blessed to have you as their therapist. So I will share your link in the show notes, but folks, you can uh, connect with Jessica on Facebook at Jessica Withero LMT and link up with all of her goodness there. So thank you so much, Jessica. It's been such a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Casey. It's the pleasure has been all mine. Thank you. Mm, Okay. Bye. Bye.